As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, everybody. This is Arthur Staple. Welcome back to No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic, our first postseason edition. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, A.J. Maletsko. A.J., how are you? I'm good, Arthur. How are you doing? Doing very well with a few days between games for the first time in a very long time. And the best part about this is we've all got time to get together now. And since A.J. does the rest of her week's work, for the most part, with uh, somebody else that we both really love to work with and talk to, we've decided to bring Shannon Hogan on. Shannon, how are you? Hi guys, I'm good. <laughs> I know. Hey, listen, I've talked I've talked to Arthur before, but the fact that I'm talking to both of you on one show makes me very happy. Worlds are colliding all over the place here on No Sleep Till Belmont, but uh, we'll get to some hockey first, and then we'll talk more about um, how it was to cover this crazy season. But uh, Shannon, you know, we've been watching lots and lots of Islanders hockey. Where do you think they are right now getting into this playoff series with the Penguins? You know what? I'm going to be honest. I I think I probably feel a lot like the fans do. Uh, If they play like they did in the second period um, against Boston on Monday, I think they're going to be in a good spot. If they play like they did in the first period, I feel like it could be a, a short run. But I think the bottom line is the team looked like they were in a similar sort of, I'm going to call it not a slump, but not their best style of play last year as they were in March heading towards April and they turned it on really quick in the playoffs. So I feel good about it. I think the team is pretty confident. I hope that Semyon Varlamov is healthy and and that was just a, a tweaky thing, but I feel good. And I'm actually probably in the minority. I was kind of excited that they were going to play Pittsburgh. Well, you, Shannon, it's interesting you say that because I feel like you and I, as we cover the team, Arthur, all of us, we we've talked about it so much. They see these teams eight times Arguably, we heard Barry Trotz say it in his media availability recently. You could see a team up to fifteen times, right? I mean, more than that if you if you go the or yeah, I guess up to fifteen times. So, it, but we haven't seen. I feel like we haven't seen Pittsburgh in eons. Do you think that's an advantage or a disadvantage? Well, I I hope it's an advantage because I don't like the way they played against Pittsburgh in <laughs> February. You know, um, but. I also feel like, and if you talk to any of the guys and you you look at the record against any of the teams, whether it be Washington or Pittsburgh or really even Boston, I mean, 
there was a stretch there where the Islanders were phenomenal against Boston. And it used to be that you'd go to Boston and you'd think to yourself like, Oh, this might, I don't know how this is going to go. This could be dicey, you know, like, but they, you know, the, the start of this year, they were really good again against Boston. I really think that each team has kind of developed and changed and evolved over the, the, the course of this like short regular season. So I think once you get to the playoffs, you're in a totally different situation. And as you guys know, there've been years where they faced Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh was supposed to be the better team, and the Islanders were just dominant. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I think we've certainly, you know, we've all been around Islander fans long enough, and we're certainly not insulting anybody to say they sometimes tend towards the negative, and I feel like the, the way the Islanders have played the last month or so, it's justified to feel a little bit nervous about it. But um, I, I kind of thought that that game last night, was really intense and, and edgy and had some had some heaviness to it. And that's, you know, even though the Islanders didn't play exceptionally well, uh, they were they were tough and mean. And I feel like that's that's kind of the attitude you need to have, right? When when you're going into to face a Pittsburgh team over the weekend. I felt the same way, Arthur. And we were both on the, you know, post game media availability and asking questions to the players and Barry Trotz. And I thought you brought up an excellent point with it being that heavy, gritty kind of game. And I think that that's almost harder to manufacture than it is to play a system or play consistently well or have a couple of, you know, a really, you know, good lines that are getting the goal scoring going. You need all of that. But if you don't have the edginess and that heaviness to your game, it's almost like you're not even in it from the beginning of the playoffs. So the fact that they had it last night, I agree with you. I think that was a really key component of kind of some of those things that, or maybe not as tangible on a on a score sheet that are really big factors in the postseason. Well, and I think you take a game like that, the heaviness, and you're talking about like like it came against like the Bruins, right? That they they do do that. They they lean on you, right? They play that four check game. The first period didn't feel good, and going into that intermission show that you and I had to do, Shannon, you and I texting back and forth, thinking, oh boy. This is, I mean, I thought that Boston just sort of imposed their will on them. And I was really impressed with the Islanders' response. They came back. They had a little bit of speed. It wasn't a pretty game. And I think some of that was because of the physicality that you guys are talking about, that both teams had that edge to them. So there weren't clean passes. There weren't clean breakouts for for either team. But to me, that's playoff hockey, right? So even though they lost that game and, and you know, we, we talked, Shannon, we laughed a lot last night about setting the table for the, for the playoffs. And I think they did that though, you know, they lost, but it was a good, a good sort of, okay, we had a great game Saturday and now this was a edgy physical game and, and let's take off. Let's take this week, get, get set for uh, playoffs. Well, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I feel like when they say that the playoffs are a totally different like beast and like, you just have to get it in the postseason and anything can happen. I feel like you think about that from the teams like the LA Kings from years ago and, you know, they snuck in and then went on to win the cup. But I most recently think of it when I think of Tampa Bay and playing great all regular season and then they get to the postseason and they just fizzle out. So I almost feel like having the highs and lows of a regular season and Barry Trotz has said that so many times is you have to go through stuff to be able to make it in the postseason. I'm kind of like, Hitching my wagon to that phrase. I'm hoping that that is the case and that it's going to be another deep run. 
You know what I wonder when you take a coach, though, that says that? Because that's true. And John Cooper has said that. He's like, our, our, the reason we won is because of that adversity we faced in 2019. But what, is it, what do you do as a coach if you sail through like that win a president's trophy and then how you can't manufacture adversity, right? So good for Barry Trotz, good for this team that they've had some bumps and bruises. They've had to deal with Andrews Lee uh, absence from the lineup for quite some time now. So I think they're, they're, po- they're poised for a good run. Yeah, and it's I think we underestimate, and we've all been through it personally. Everybody through the through the pandemic, and especially try, all three of us trying to do our jobs in a remote way where we're not that connected to the team. The stuff that the mental grind of being in you know cooped up in your hotel room for a week when they're on the road playing a team three times or whatever it is, we don't have to have the most sympathy in the world for them because they do have lots of creature comforts. But it's much different than it usually is for them, and it seems like it's a lot tougher mentally. And that kind of exhale that they had playing Jersey and Buffalo, two teams that were out of it, seems pretty natural in retrospect. Now that we saw them play a team that's going to the playoffs, they some a game that meant something, and they were fighting tooth and nail, and they were a little dirty. You know, Leo Komarov gives Pasternak a little jab in the gut, and you know, you're seeing stuff like I think fans kind of for, could forget a little bit easily that oh yeah right like this team does have it in them, and they do it a lot, and you don't always have to do it every night because it's just so hard to do, especially this year. Okay, I wanted to ask you guys about that. Can we can we get a little snarky? I'm just going to get a little snarky. And, and sometimes AJ and I joke about this, but did you guys hear the Boston call of that whole situation? It was actually, I know people that listen to your podcast are probably on, on social media, and, and I try not to like listen to the banter, but it is very interesting. And I thought Brendan and Butch did a good job of pointing out last night that like a lot of these situations with like watching sh- watching our shows and stuff like some of the stuff we have control of and some of the stuff we don't when with your images so when you're right. seeing things on on tv a lot of times and I, I, we might touch on this later but you're you're seeing what the boston feed is and we all bust butch for being like you know saying what he says about <laughs> certain calls and like aj aj and i'll be texting to like that that was actually a good call you know but like <laughs> we, bust, we bust butch about it but that that conversation in Boston about Komarov I thought was so interesting last night because Jack said that he felt like this is like a role player guy taking a cheap shot at you know the best scorer on the Boston Bruins and and taking the playoff history of this team into his own hands and I was like all right let's just take a hot second here (laughs) and let's just like take a breath do you think it would have been the same though if the roles were reversed I got to go back and listen to that. I didn't hear it. And of course I live in Boston. So I I know that I know um, the Jack Edwards uh, homerism very, very well. Uh, And I think all regional broadcasts are homers, right? I mean, that's you, you watch a team night in and night out. You can't help, but see it from one side. Uh, And we, and I love giving Butchiaro time for that. And I, and, and more often than not, we agree, but when we disagree, it's pretty funny um, about some of those calls. And I think it's a really difficult job in this league to ref. We get the benefit of those pictures that you're talking about, Shannon, right? We get the benefit of whether we have control of them or not, or the angles or whatever it may be. When there's a replay, when there's a penalty or uh, a challenge or a penalty or a goal or whatever it is, we have the we have a couple angles, we have a slow-mo, we can look, we can parse it down to the millisecond, right? And these refs are looking at it in real time. Again, unless there's a challenge or something that they have to review. But that play, you know, the way that Pasta went down, it looked like he was shot, right? He and was then, kicking his legs like it was <laughs> he looked like my five-year-old in a bit in the middle of a tantrum. I was dying okay. laughing. I'm glad I'm glad that you saw that too and leo's like literally guy like i just gave you like 
an elbow. <laughs> well, it was. It looked like he sort of like got him in almost like the hip area, which is well protected. And so, you know, again, I I've got to go back and listen to Jack and Brick and see what they had to say for it because. Uh, like you talk about a role player for Leo. Yeah. But and maybe if you're on the other team, we've, and Arthur, you and right. I talked about this ad nauseum this year about his, the ebbs and flows of Leo and what does Barry Trotz see in him. And I think we've all come around to be like, he is an integral part of this team, but I mean, come on, that is, that's ridiculous to get a shot at Leo that way. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, we talked a little about the playoffs. Let's look back, Shannon, at this season. And I think maybe for you, probably the the epitome of the season is you standing in an empty coliseum at your usual studio that's downstairs at the Collie, surrounded by Islander fans who you interact with so patiently and so well. But nobody's there. Um, what was it like to, to do a, a show, you know, that was going out over the air, obviously, to thousands and thousands of people, but nobody in front of you that you're used to getting some energy from. I think AJ will probably agree with this a little bit. I think everybody right now is living in this pandemic world and trying to hold on to some of the things that make them feel normal and mourning the loss of things that were, but also being grateful for the things that you have. And I think I've had enough time now through all this. And, you know, all three of us had texted and chatted throughout you know, the pause last year and heading into this year. And I desperately miss seeing the fans down there. And it's not necessarily like I need the energy. It's just that that's the best part of my day. I mean, just, I love being able to interact with, with, with fans and with, to share that passion. And they, you know, they ask questions and they want to know about different players. Like I love that part of my job. But the bottom line is I kind of feel grateful that we were even able to get on the air and that we were able to get these games in. And I even said it last night, like, I'm so grateful that the team stayed healthy. And when I say healthy, I'm yes, I'm going to do a little knock on wood. Yes, we're talking about injuries. And yes, it's disappointing that Anders Lee was out for the season. But I'm talking like with COVID. I mean, yeah. that's something that has really affected people in all over the world. It's still a huge issue all over the world. And I just feel like the fact that they got 56 games in, that the team was healthy, and that we were able to get on the air and bring some kind of normalcy to people who are sitting at home, that to me was a win. Because it can be so isolating. If you don't have a big family or if you're not living with a roommate or whatever, you're just like sitting at home. I talked to a friend yesterday in the city and he's like, I have so much going for me. I have a great life. I, you know, I have a great job. I've got all these other things, but I'm still like home alone and it's lonely. So I can only imagine for people who have lost their job or lost a loved one to be sitting at home 
So the fact that the Islanders were playing and we were able to like bridge that gap a little bit and give people some kind of joy, win or lose, to me, that was like the ultimate win. And that was a long drawn out response, Arthur. But the bottom line is, you know me, I can talk in circles. Yes, I miss the fans. It was different this year. It was really, really weird on the nights that we were there and no one was in the building. Like, that was really odd. Well, that's when, when we were, you know, to, to echo, I mean, I echo a lot of what you said. And I think that was one of the silver linings that the quarantine was really tough on so many people. And I feel very fortunate that we, that I, everybody, that my family's healthy and that my husband was able to work through this and that the NHL came back. So I was able to work. But with that said, it was tough on me too, even though I've got four kids and a husband, if that's the only people you're seeing, it's, it's an, un, it becomes unnatural, right? You're stuck in one house and zooming and homeschooling and all these different things. And then you come out of it and you think, okay, so now we get the NHL back. And we got to work this summer and we got to work a long time because the uh, Islanders took a deep run to the Eastern Conference final, but we're not in the building, right? And you and I are go- are in that, uh, Shannon, you and I are at 11 Penn and we're, in, we're trying to work it out. We're watching it off a monitor. It's totally different, right? But you have an appreciation for it. Then this season starts, we get to be in the Coliseum and watch live hockey for the first time in, you know, 10 months or whatever it was. And then those days, you're right, when they're on the road, um, you know, you know, and we're in the empty Coliseum. One thing that was so strange to me was that when we, when the Coliseum started allowing some fans, and I don't even know what the number is that we're up to now, one or 2000 about to go up to just under 7,000, but it's, you know, Shannon, you and I went down to our studio and we're watching the game on a monitor. And that was so strange to me. Cause I'm like, we're in the building, but yeah, just based on the so tech, <laughs> but based on the technology and having to be able to talk to the truck for the intermission show, we had to stay in those spots. I couldn't go to the stands. So that was such a strange thing. But again, I think you keep it all in perspective. Like this is amazing that the NHL, the NHLPA, they pulled this off that MSG networks, that the Coliseum that, you know, there's so many moving parts and it's such a moving target that the fact that we were able to be there is so phenomenal. But with that said, everybody who's listening, buy tickets and come be one of those just yeah, under 7,000 oh and cheer, please, cheer them on. Um, please come. And you know what, AJ, I think you mentioned something here. And and Arthur, I, I get that a little bit because, you know, he's he's kind of in that realm of like, we're usually in the room talking to players. Yeah. I mean, we're usually, and and like Arthur and I do very different things, but also the same things. Like you like to like, pull a guy aside, maybe do something a little more in depth. You know, we're trying to like get big picture and big storylines to as many people as possible. I mean, that's a challenge in this realm while also following all the COVID protocols, keeping everybody safe, you know, um, doing what the team wants. And I want to go back to one thing that you said, Arthur, about the, the players kind of like sitting in their hotel rooms and whatnot. When fans get upset, and they start thinking like, oh, well, you know, they have all these comforts. Whatever. I also want to think of like, just think of you at home on your normal life and all the things that we miss doing, right? Like, even if you are kind of out and about and you're going to go out to dinner with your family, but like, think about the, the, the interaction with people that you miss. You know, I still, I'm like, I, I, I can't wait to hug people. Like, I want to hug people, you know? And so I do feel like you do have to cut them a little slack. Yes, they're making a lot of money. And yes, they're employed. But, like, it does start to weigh on you. They're human. They're just like us. They're human. And so I do think even even if they're, you know, being held to a higher standard, that mental grind is a huge factor for them as well. Sorry, I just want to sneak that back no, in there. No, you're absolutely right. And when you when I think now that they've 
the league is relaxing protocols for teams that have reached the the 85% vaccination rate, which the Islanders have reached. So they'll be able to be a little bit more open on the road. You look at the, the rules that they're relaxing and maybe it's easy to forget because we're all doing, we're all making adjustments on the fly and have been for a year. They couldn't even go to each other's rooms on the road to play cards, even if with masks, um, they couldn't sit and eat together without, you know, it, it, the, the things that I think a lot of people um, don't realize that they love to do on the road to blow off steam from playing games and working out and doing all these things that they do at such a high level. Um, you take that part away, but you leave in the work. That's a drain. That's just a, it's just a yeah. mental drain. I mean, I, I feel mentally drained and I do almost none of that except pick up and drop off children and try to do my job as you guys do. But you know, but they're doing the same thing. I mean, they're yeah. coming home. The guys, the guys are, they're either single and they're, they're at home playing video games by themselves in their apartment or their house and then going on the road and, doing the same thing or they're home and they have the same responsibilities that our spouses and that we have of taking care of kids, of being present and seeing your partner. And as much as you love your partner, sometimes it's nice to talk to somebody else. That's an adult. <laughs> well, and it's funny, you look at all of this that we've gone through, right? And, and whether you're, we're in the building and, you know, Arthur, whether you're watching it on TV or whether you're able to be in the building to watch the game or all these adjustments that we've had to make. And, and it's funny, we were just talking about in the, um, earlier we were talking about the refs and how Butch, uh, we sometimes look at the ref calls differently. Think about the officials. They've had to do the same thing. They travel around. They can't see anybody. They can't, they, and they don't even have a team like these guys do. And, and Shannon, you and I get to see a lot of the officials as they walk by our studio and they're heading We're back. We're so like waving. We're like, we're, hi guys. <laughs> but we get like a brief moment. And we did learn recently that they get our, our, our open feed from our rehearsal. So they love to laugh at, at the oh antics my that Shannon gosh. and I have. So they, we <laughs> inadvertently entertain the refs um, in, during the pregame uh, rehearsals and show. But the fact that all, you know, again, we go back to the grateful, I'm so grateful that that the league and the PA were able to pull this off. But gosh, you just think about what these guys have been through. And now the teams that they're 85% vaccinated, I think the same goes for the uh, official crews as well. Well, AJ, you brought up a good, you brought up a good point, AJ, too, because you think about all the, um, like, uh, when I'm talking about like the real world, like the kids that have missed graduations and, you know, the experience of that first semester at college that's so different. A lot of these refs, and we just saw it with Tony the other day. I mean, like, you ref 1,500 games, you're going to retire. And, like, the pomp and circumstance that normally you get to have with that is so much smaller, if at all. You know, and, and so, I, you know, my heart goes out to those guys that have, like, you know, are, are retiring or they, they've really hit a huge milestone. And, and yet we're not able to celebrate the normal ways that we would. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's so hard to put it all in perspective. Um, and you did a great job, Shannon, and you did too, AJ, but I want to just switch gears before we let you go and say, please, there's got to be a really good butchy story from being cooped up in a studio with him <laughs> broadcasting oh games. I got oh to hear one. I got to hear at so least many. one that's suitable for our audience before I let you go. AJ, oh I'll let you go on that one first. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So you worked with them longer. Um, I mean, there are a lot of good ones. And some of them that, it, it, that if people are on social media have maybe seen the two that, that quickly come to mind. And by the way, I'm probably going to come up with the best one in about an hour and after we, <laughs> we stopped taping. But um, was when I was having a tough 
time with my hair. I've, I very frequently have bad hair days and, and I'm always trying to manage it. And this summer we were in 11 pen and we were, we were cooped up for a long time. Like you said, in a studio, we're going trying to figure just a different tap dance. Right. And I'm having issues with my hair and where we're standing, the mark on the, and everything. And, and Butchie leans over and he's like, I got a really good dog groomer. Do you want me to give you, do you want me to get, get the name to you? And he was, and he wasn't kidding. He wasn't kidding. And so it became sort of a longstanding joke. Before people get all, you know, PC, yes, we know that that on a normal situation, people would be like, oh, well, that was sexist, blah, blah, blah. You know, what well, I love we know Butch. <laughs> we know Butch, and he knows he can make a joke like that to AJ, and it'll it'll get her going. <laughs> it was, yeah, so it's become a longstanding joke, but in, I think around the same time, probably not the same exact game, we had a discussion during our production meeting about parking because we were coming in and out of Manhattan and um, I can't even remember exactly, but I would come in and I would, I don't live there. So I would come in and stay. So my situation was a little different, but it was a big discussion about which parking garage you guys, everybody was going to and how much it cost and how easy it was and all this stuff. And, and then city was quiet in the, in August, but still, so he, Butch starts to explain where his parking garage, which he says was the best was, and he couldn't describe it. So he gets up on the whiteboard, which happens to be right behind him. And he starts basically like, it was like a hockey coach. Like he started diagramming and sort of telestrating where it was. And it was one of the funniest things watching. He was dead serious trying to show everybody where his parking garage was. Oh. And meanwhile, Jim, our producer was like, can we get to the show? Can we talk about the <laughs> format and what we're doing tonight? And so it was, oh. he's a gem. He is. Such a gem. I was going to say that that was me that was asking about the parking and I, I'm also not the best with directions. And so it was the best because then after he had diagrammed it, AJ, I was asking questions and he just kept like drawing the lines and circling in the same spot. Like that was somehow going to help me. Like it wasn't even a good drawing. If it had been telestrated, there's no way that we would have made it on air because you would have been like, what is the scribble scrabble? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when I'm thinking of like, the past calendar year um i did a couple of shows with butch where his wife paula was our stage manager and for those that aren't you know tapped into the msg like you know the family butch's wife paula um is the pre and post game producer for the new york rangers so you know that they have great banter at their house over dinner they're both like the, the sweetest people. They came to my wedding in Ireland. They're so fun. She is a, a dynamite golfer, but she's particular. And that's what I love is because everything that Butch, like when Butch says something, like she will go right back at him. And I li literally wish I could have videotaped that, like <laughs> Butch, Butch sitting next to me on the desk and Paula being like, Butch, your tie is crooked. Butch, and he's like, just leave it alone. No, it's fine. She's like, no, it's crooked. Why are you slouching? Sit up straight. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like she is just telling him like, and he's now at this point, he's slouching just to like tweak her. Like he, like it was, they were so funny together. And, and the chances of something like that happening where we would all work together are so slim to none. So I don't think we would have been able to have that kind of fun and that kind of interaction had we not had the strangeness of, of this COVID hockey. 
Wait, and before we move on, there's also, I will say for the, we're, we're sort of roasting Butch right now. The best part is, is that he can dish it, but he also can take it because for those oh, who yeah. haven't seen his 19, what was it? 1981, his dance post Stanley cup. And, <laughs> and Shannon, and I love trying to, I mean, it makes us look like Elaine from Seinfeld, but we <laughs> are imitating his dance and he is such a good sport. I mean, oh, he yeah. is, he's a, he's a great sport about it. He works really hard too. He's, he's a great coworker as is everybody at MSG. One of the best things I have to say about Butch is that he never questions anything you need from him. And there have been times where we've had, you know, AJ's not able to come down for a game and Butch has done more pregame stuff or postgame stuff. And anything you need from Butch, he's there. He has ideas. He's prepared and he's going to sprinkle in a little humor. And I think that's what makes him a great broadcaster and a good person is because he can kind of laugh and, and make it all seem fun, which it is, you guys. We're covering hockey. Like in the grand scheme of things, this is fun. <laughs> I know. When he men when he calls him Mark Barzell, you it, it's not because he's unprepared, oh, yeah. it's just because he <laughs> uh, Wait, I literally had a butchism the other night. I said I said Blackwell. Oh, Did instead of Blackwell? Blackwell? Butch had already done it, and I literally was like, "Oh, sorry, that was a butchy." Like, I know it's not Blackwell, like, but it just sometimes comes out like that. Well, if you drop in a Varlami during the postseason, you'll know where you got that one too. <laughs> hey, you know what? When you have four Stanley Cups to your That's name, right. and he can say what he can say names however he wants. He That's can right. say whatever he wants. Well. It does sound like fun. And as always, Shannon, this was amazingly fun that you took some time out for us. And I hope your car is in good shape now. You've been waiting for it. I'm still at the dealership. Oh, hopefully, hopefully I make it home. Uh, well, like I said, this is great. And it's some, some great insight into you and AJ's uh, studio life. And uh, we're so excited that you're able to come on and we'll get to work together and see you on Zoom again throughout the playoffs and hopefully be a nice long run. Thanks for coming, Shannon. Can't wait. Thanks, guys. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Oh, well, AJ, uh, that was more banter than I think we've had in a whole season. Shannon, Shannon lights up a room and it's uh, and it's evident even when she's on the phone from her car dealership. Yeah, well, well, that is she is a ton of fun to work with. We have a great crew. Again, we, we talked a lot about Butchie, but everybody and even the the people that that you guys, you know, but the fans don't see uh, behind the scenes in the truck are, are just, it's a phenomenal crew. So we, we do, and Shannon and I have a lot of fun, as you can imagine, a lot of chit chat, a lot of banter. And sometimes we get a, Hey guys, 30 seconds to air, you look lively. And we're like, Oh, okay. Okay. we got to stop talking about whatever we're talking about and then focus on the Islanders. So it's good times. Well, at least we get another round with the MSG crew, uh, this first round with Islanders-Penguins. And uh, we should probably talk about this matchup since it's now set in stone after the Islanders lost in overtime last night. What do you think of this matchup? And, um, you know, kind of when you when your initial thoughts about the Islanders-Penguins, you know, do you, do you have a team that you think it has an edge going into this? 
Uh, you know, and I said it, I said it when we were just talking to Shannon, it feels like so long since we've seen the pens yeah. and I know it's only been since end of March, which in a regular season maybe isn't that long when you're playing so many different teams, but when you're only playing the seven other teams in your division and you're only playing, you know, and you're playing them so many times, you know, in February, we saw them six times in that calendar month. So that was felt like we knew them inside and outside and that, and the Islanders really struggled with them during that stretch. They did great against everybody else, but really struggled with the Penguins for a while. I think Pittsburgh was the only team that had beaten them in regulation on uh, at the Coliseum. Um, I may be wrong about that, but for at, for at one point, I think they were. And you know, so I, I, but looking at the record, I'm not sure that history for this season bodes well for the Islanders. But I think that was that was chapter one. And I think that we are now getting towards the end of the obviously end of the book. And I like that the Islanders have had some ups and downs, that they've had that adversity that we just talked about, that I hate that they've lost Anders Lee, but they've had to battle back without him. They've brought in, you know, Palmieri and Zajac, who have definitely sort of been trying to figure out how they fit into this puzzle. And we still are not totally sure about that, but they've got a week, right? It's a little bit of a reset and it's not quite as long as Pajot had last summer in terms of a, a mini training camp, but it's a couple days where they can go back to the basics. They can reset, they can look at all the systems. Um, and, you know, and as you mentioned, 85% vaccinated now, so they can start having a little bit of that team bonding, which can't underestimate that as an intangible. So in terms of the actual matchup, any team with number 87 on it worries me. He's a gamer. He is phenomenal. Uh, you know, and, but then you go back two years ago and the Islanders certainly had no trouble with him then they swept, swept them in 2019. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. I sort of love the fact that it feels like a new opponent in some ways because it's exciting and, and the Islanders have to play the way that they know how, and they've got to play that gritty, heavy style that we were just talking about that they figured out how to play in the you know second stanza last night. And they've got to, they do have to string together a lot more games like that, though. Yeah, you mentioned Palmieri, and I think if you're like me or like any Islander fan, kind of waiting for this the, the guy that they spent a lot of capital on to acquire to show up, and it really had been kind of a struggle for him and a struggle for the team, uh, just look at these last two games. I mean, I think that, that game against Jersey the other night where he scored a, a very highlight real goal off a, kind of a, the high feed from Oliver Wallstrom, ran over his, his old goalie a couple of times. He was mixing it up with some of his old teammates. And then he was right in the middle of everything again against the Bruins, especially physically. Uh, this is the guy who looks like he's ready for the playoffs and ready to play a big role. Well, he's sort of built like that, right? I mean, you just mentioned it, the physical play. And, and you know, we heard Barry Trotz talk about him. For those of the, our listeners that didn't hear some of that um, press conference, Barry Trot said, you know, I'm not asking him to score goals, even though he, you know, all of us are, that's what we expect of him. He's going to come in and score goals and be on Barzell's wing. And that was the expectation. Trot said, I'm not asking him to score goals. I'm asking him to go out and play heavy and be detailed and go into the corners and be gritty. And it, all those things that you just mentioned, and he, played that way. And guess what happened? He scored a goal, right? I mean, sometimes it's funny how that happens. And, you know, you go back two years ago, Trotz gave Beauvillier the same advice, not necessarily the heaviness of it, but, you know, don't worry about scoring goals, worry about playing the game the right way. And again, sometimes it just takes a player. Now, Paul Mary's a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. So he, he understands that Barry Trotz has that street cred. He trusts him. He said, okay, I'm going to go out and do this. He gets to score a goal. And even though he didn't last night, he, he certainly was noticeable. I mean, he was fun to watch and that's going to be a pretty important piece in terms of the depth of this team. He's, you know, Barry Trotz has, doesn't have the luxury of leaning on 
one line. He's got he's got to have all four lines going. I guess everybody does in this league. This league's too hard. Uh, so you got to have all four lines going. You got to have that depth to make this deep playoff run. So to have him playing the have Palmieri playing the way he is 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 great news. Do you feel like there's do you have an X factor for the Islanders in mind? Like a, a guy who you feel like could break out against the Penguins or could play a really key role as maybe not one of the the more obvious players that uh, you know that as a kind of like an Islanders a core Islanders player that that would make a difference. Uh, you know, if if somebody's going to make a a breakout role, I mean, you know, I don't even know what that looks like right now when you look at this team and how balanced this team has been and how it's been a streaky team in some ways. And and some of that is the whole team and some of that is individuals. Wallstrom is a perfect example. So if he has a big playoff run, is that considered a breakout? I don't know because he had a big run in February, right? I'll and, say and, yes. First playoffs. I, I'll <laughs> first say playoffs. It's a okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so yeah, Wallstrom and he's got the mentality for it, right? I mean, he's, you see him singing on the bench, you see him, he's got that sort of, it's a great personality trait, right? As long as he can maintain the intensity on the ice, the fact that he doesn't seem to get caught up in the, in the, the big, uh, the, the size of the moment, the the weight of the moment. Um, so yeah, I think somebody like him, I, I, I think that, I don't, you know, I guess you just look at the rest of the way that, that the lineup is like, if Bovillier has a big run, I think he had a, I think he had a breakout uh, 2020 playoffs, right? He came mm-hmm. like a shot out of a cannon in August from what I remember, from what I saw of him. Um, so, you know, you hope that maybe some of the defenders jump up there. Like, you know, I'm hoping to see Dobson have a really solid uh, play. Well, he's been really solid, a breakout, right? I want to see him jump in the play more. I want to see him getting more involved in the offense without uh, giving up a lot of the defense. And and he's capable of doing that the way he skates, the way he sees the game. And I think that, you know, he has been settling in and and the defense has been consistent. Again, I, I we talked about it last night on our show. Adam Pellock to me has been uh, the, one of the MVPs, if not the MVP of this team, just with the consistency of the way that he's played. So again, if he has a big playoff, I don't think that's considered a breakout, uh, but I think he's going to keep rolling. And I think, you know, somebody like Ryan Pollock, I think he's got to sort of, have, have a re-breakout in some ways, you know, start using that, that shot of his. And last night he set up beautifully set up Matt Barzell's goal, but it started with a Matt Barzell pass to Pollock who took that big blast. And then they created off of that. So, you know, I, I think that the way that this team is set up, that they, they do need some of the, they need some of the younger players to step up and shoulder some of the burden um, but I also think that they're, they're well-rounded enough that they've got the veterans and they've got people that can step up into these roles. And, you know, Jordan Everly, he's got to have, I, I, I flashbacks to the way he played in, um, in the Pittsburgh series in 2019, right? I mean, he's got to, he's got to have that where he can score big goals at big moments. Josh Bailey had a big goal in that series too. So, you know, they need some of those veterans too, to not necessarily have breakout playoffs, but just step, step in where they're expected to. Yeah. And I think, I think the key with Wallstrom is, you know, he, he wasn't the Wallstrom that we saw all year, really, by the time they were essentially done playing the Penguins. He had, he had a good game, I think. I think it was the sixth of the eight games the Islanders won over the Penguins. I think it was 2 nothing, and Wallstrom had a goal and an assist at the end of February, but he only had three goals at that point. You know, this the, he wasn't kind of the, the catalyst that he was, especially for the power play. And I think the Penguins, uh, who finished in the bottom third in the league in the penalty kill, are really vulnerable on that on that man advantage. And the Islanders were pretty good on the power play against them. They weren't very good on the penalty kill, but the Islanders penalty kill, I think is one of the, one of the few things that has kind of turned around since, since they played the bulk of that February schedule against the Penguins. And, uh, you know, for me, I think, 
uh, like you said, it's such a balanced group, and we know this Islander team so well, and they seem to be pretty set with their their lineup. Uh, I, I got to think it's it's a guy like Scott Mayfield could be the X factor. Watching him last night, um, you know, he he was giving some extra shoves to people. He was being really tough uh, physically on on a lot of the Bruins players, and not really shying away from any of their big guys. That's how you got to play the Penguins, and I think. Uh, certainly would be in his mind. He was obviously part of the group two years ago that, that shut the Penguins down. Um, the Penguins can be physical, but they use a lot of their speed. And, uh, you know, and I think when you're really physical, that I, I imagine that Letty Mayfield pair is going to see a lot of Evgeny Malkin, who's just getting back from an injury. And Malkin is an unbelievable player, first ballot Hall of Famer, but he is a guy that can get knocked off his game a little bit with some physicality, especially if he gets frustrated. So uh, I'm interested to see what that Letty Mayfield pair can do. Uh, obviously the penalty kill is going to be huge and Mayfield's a big part of that. So that to me is if, if Scott Mayfield can take his game to another level in terms of the physicality and just being smart, um, that'll go a long way. You know, it's, we talk about guys that can take it to another level. I mean, the Islanders would be happy to win every game one, nothing. And then you don't really necessarily see that next level, but, uh, but that, that sort of counts as next level for this Islander team. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. I think uh bring that pair up. I think Nick Letty has had a really good season. I think that there are there have been times in the past two seasons that I've just wanted more out of him. I can see the talent and part of it is just his skating. I, I just I mesmerize when he skates. It's smooth, it's it's technically it's incredible the way that he skates, but he doesn't he hasn't used it and this year he's using it. Mayfield had I think some rough go uh, rough bumps early in the season, but he is starting to use that big frame of his. You know, Malkin is so fascinating to me, and I don't know how hungry he's going to be coming back from a from an injury. But you know, you mentioned it; like he can be knocked off his game. But to me, he can he can be invisible the entire game. And you're thinking, this is Evgeny Malkin, and then he can score the game winner or the overtime game. You know, just suddenly put the the game on his back and go. So that matchup, you know, and they don't, of course, Barry Trotz doesn't get the last match, last change for the first two games because they'll be in Pittsburgh. And, you know, how he tries to utilize those two once they get back to the Coliseum and and obviously Pelican Pollock. I mean, that's those are two pretty good shutdown pairs. Obviously, Pelican Pollock are elite when it comes to that. But I think Letty and Mayfield have evolved into that and, and give them credit. It's been a short season with not a lot of practice and they've had to get used to new pairings, right? With the departure of Devon Taves and um, Johnny Boychuk's injury. So I, I think it's it's impressive what they have been able to accomplish when you look at the constraints of this weird COVID season. Well, we get it started at some point at the end of this week. That's the other weird part, but I guess we just accept what's going on. We don't know when the playoffs are going to necessarily start for the Islanders and Penguins. We don't know when the playoffs are going to start in some of the other divisions. Uh, I'm sure you don't necessarily know your national TV schedule that you're going to get from NBC to go along with MSG. So uh, I guess we're all just sort of sitting in our hands and waiting, including you, huh, AJ? That's right. Just a yeah, <laughs> waiting game. And it's it's hard, but just trying to figure out, you know, we're all eager and excited to get going here. But also, you know, for me, there's the logistics of trying to plan just family logistics. And then also if I'm whatever games I'm doing is to start prepping for them. So it's, it's, it's fun to anticipate and look forward to, but I am impatient waiting for all of that news, but <laughs> as is everybody, right. But regardless, the playoffs will start Saturday. And we do know it was released last night that the Bruins caps start on Saturday at the very least. So everything else will start falling into place. And maybe by the time this airs, we'll know. Yep. I hope so. But uh, at the very least, we'll be back with some insight onto into the first, uh, at least first game or two of Islanders-Penguins next week. And uh, AJ and I will be here to break it down. So thanks as always, AJ. 
my pleasure. So fun. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. We'll talk to you talk to everybody next week. Yep. Thanks everybody for listening. Just remember if uh, whatever platform you listen to us on Apple, Spotify, subscribe to No Sleep Till Belmont, leave a review. It really helps us out. And if you want to subscribe to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash no sleep till Belmont to get the latest good deal to sign up and subscribe. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. It's playoff time.